Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, it's the radio guy, Mike Prince. Welcome to another episode of the Mike Prince Show. Of course, we are talking baseball today, and we have with us... I guess we can still call him the new kid on the block, uh, Southern Jags head baseball coach, going into year number three, and already a champion. I'll present to some and to introduce to others, brother Carrick Jackson. How you doing today, sir? I'm good, sir. How are you? Man, I am uh, great and um, happy to have you on board with us, man. And as always, you can never get too much baseball, huh? That's, that is definitely a fact. Okay, well... I know we're in the fall season right now, and uh, we spoke a little bit after your championship. Have the guys got it out their system yet, or are they still relishing a little bit as they've worked through the fall season? Uh, you know, I, I think we, we understand what the challenge and the mission is moving forward. Uh, I think probably the, the biggest uh, anxiety, if you will, if, any, uh, if you call it even anxiety, is, is just getting the rings. Um, they're all excited about getting the rings and, in that whole process, but, you know, um, they know that I'm a big believer of um, if, if you're still excited about what you did yesterday and you haven't done too much today. So um, we, we need to move forward and understand uh, we, we have started the year by telling them uh, you're in a different position uh, than you were a year ago because now you're the hunted. Um, and when you got that target on your back, things are a little bit different when people are coming, coming for you uh, as opposed to you being at the bottom looking up. So yeah, um, now, now with what we were able to do last year, and and uh, you know, as I told them, <laughs> last year was last year. But teams are going to come at us to prove that last year was a fluke, and so it's our job to step our game up and and put ourselves in a position to hopefully repeat. Now, what's the projected date of the ring ceremony for you guys? Um, they're planning on doing it during the basketball season. I think they're just trying to pick um, a, a game, uh, and I haven't seen the basketball schedule. Um, they wanted to do it for football, but well, we weren't able to get it in for homecoming yet. So um, uh, during the basketball season, I think is the plan. Okay. Okay. Very good. Now, of course, um, you create, I'm going to call it a mini miracle, knowing what you inherited. And then two years later, you're standing on top of the hill, uh, hoisting up yet another baseball championship for Southern Jaguars. What? are some of the key pieces that you had to reload and what are some of the key places where you had to rebuild for your squad this year? Uh, I, I think when you look at us on the position player side of things, we're only returning two guys that basically were in the lineup every day. And that's Kobe Taylor, who was first base DH and Hampton Hudson, uh, who played left field for us, but uh, most likely will um, end up in center field for us this year. And those are the two main guys. William Nelson, who got some time, and Xavier Moore uh, played a lot for us as a freshman, but not so much as a uh, sophomore. Mike Wright, uh, who played a lot for us as a freshman. So those are two kids that, between Xavier Moore and Mike Wright, had they not suffered some injuries, um, I think you might have been talking about freshman All-American type numbers. Uh, but but they both got hurt about midway through the year and, and kind of 
um, were out uh, for the remainder of their freshman year. And last year, uh, they didn't rebound. Mike had some eyes on um, couldn't couldn't get it going. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit of that sophomore slump as well. But um, so th- we have some guys that have some experience. But I think that's going to be the biggest is basically taking a, a lineup last year that was very very explosive um, that uh, worked uh, together. Uh, when one guy got it rolling, it just started rolling. Um, and so um, you know, trying to get these kids in position to bring some of the newcomers that we have in here and, and get them going and plug them in. Well, you know, it says hitting, pitching, and everything is contagious. So is winning. So when you get guys in the mindset, A, to believe that they can win, and then B, to go out and actually execute the wins, uh, it begins to kind of take care of itself, huh? Oh, no question. I think, you know, when you look back at year one for us, um, nine and 33, uh, walked off six times, 15 losses, two runs or less. I think our kids learned how to compete in year one, to be honest with you. Even though our record didn't show it, um, we, we could play with anybody for seven innings um, that first year. Uh, and they didn't matter. LSU, Mississippi State, we were right there with everybody we played uh, for seven innings. And so then I think when we flipped it to year two uh, and we were able to make some adjustments with what we had in the bullpen and put us in a better position to manage the innings six through nine, which is where, in my opinion, the majority of your games are won or lost is, is through that six through nine innings. Um, whoever can manage those the best uh, usually puts themselves in a position to win. And in year two, we got ourselves in a position where, all right, we get to the seventh inning with a lead. That's a wrap. Um, and, and our guys believed it. And so, and we just never felt like we were out of any games. And so I think, that being able to carry over now to year three, um, these kids that we recruited when, when they committed to us, they committed to us before some of them committed to us before our season got started. So they were committing on the potential of what we could be. And then they saw what happened uh, throughout the course of the year and then put themselves in a different position, understanding that this is what he told me they were capable of doing. They've done it. Now I got to come in and continue to carry the torch. Uh, and I think they've come in and, and had their mindset on being able to do that. So it's been really fun to watch. We're talking right now with Carrick Jackson, head baseball coach of the Southern Jaguars, champion Southern Jaguars from the 2018-19 campaign. Now, Coach, you and I have spoken about this before, uh, but I want you to now, since you kind of got the monkey off your back, how stressful and how uh, nerve-wracking was it for you to come in replacing a legend like a Kador and then being able to let people know, hey, I respect the legend that was. I'm here to set my own president. And how difficult was it to get the buy-in, or do you still believe some are still kind of out trying to see what's going to happen despite what has already happened? You know, I think it's a combination of the two with regards to being able to gain people's respect. Um, You know, when you come into the situation uh, where you're, following a man that had been here for 33 years and, and brought it present day to what we know the program to be. Um, I've always said, you don't ever want to be the man after the man. Um, and, and, but I think where I was a little bit fortunate was that due to some of the penalties and those types of things that they had had the last five to seven years, um, hadn't been what the program was, you know, this was last year was the first conference championship that we had won since 2009. Um, and so I think there was a, there was some 
time, downtime, if you will, in there, um, that the program hasn't been, hadn't been as good as it was in the past. Um, and so that made it a little bit easier for me than coming in here. You know, if I, if I'm coming in here in 2003, 2004, 2005, uh, when that thing was really, really rolling, um, now there's a high level of expectation of what it should be and, and how you need to go about it. And so, um, and like you said, I think, uh, because I wasn't, um, a Southern night, so to speak, uh, you know, it was, uh, does he know how to win in the swack and, you know, what does he know about Southern baseball? And, and my biggest message to all those people is baseball is baseball. People are people. Uh, the conferences are relevant. Um, and being able to come in and put a program in place, have a level of expectation, set a new level of standards, and have those kids adhere to those, uh, then everything else will take care of itself. And I think that's what we were able to do in year two. Uh, and we established some, a new set of norms in year one. We carried those over to year two. Um, and, and you saw what the result was. Right, right. Now, when, when you talk about baseball, is baseball, and no matter what level it is, the key to effective baseball is going to always be pitching. And um, I'm hearing you talking about the reloading, and I'm, I can recall your philosophy is you would rather invest in that freshman and bring them up through the system where you can cultivate them on how you want things done versus to dealing with some transfers. But it does not absolutely throw out a transfer or two coming in to age your system, right? Of course. And this year we still had a pretty decent mix. Um, we brought in um, uh, a good number of freshmen uh, that uh, we believe have a chance to play for us right away. But we did add some junior college pieces to the puzzle to fill some holes uh, that that we wanted some guys to have a little bit more experience, and we've been pleasantly surprised that our freshmen um, have actually been able to step up. Um, and you know, there, shoot, there could be a situation where our our uh, we get a we get play, you know, start four freshmen, um, maybe five, um, because they're 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 that talented of a group. Uh, and so we we are excited about that. And um, but then when you look forward to our twenty class, um, you know, the kids that we have committed there. Um, you know, it's all freshmen right now. It's all in, incoming freshmen. Uh, so, so we're slowly trending um, in that direction of being able to create the start to create that cycle of development, and that's ultimately what it is: is that you, you bring in those freshmen, you you get them on the field, they play for you, you grow them up. Um, by the time they're juniors, if we've gotten the right kids, uh, we have some draft draftable type kids in there. Uh, then you reload on that back end with some freshmen and you get those juniors that have been in the program for three years to now start to teach the freshmen, the culture. Uh, if I do it the right way, um, I won't have to worry about it. We as a coaching staff won't have to worry about the culture. The players will take care of the culture. We then just worry about, Hey, here are the X's and O's. These are things we want you to do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but the ultimate goal for me is that our players will dictate the culture that we've laid out for them um, and then just kind of, again, keep that thing going year after year. So if you allow me to translate what you just said, you want to empower your players to continue the instructions that are given, which means that you set the expectation bar and it's up to them to meet it. No question. No question. I think, um, the one thing that I tell our coaches and I tell our players all the time when we're going through the recruiting process 
or that I constantly remind my coaches of, our job is not to coach players. Our job is to coach people. Um, and so in preparing them for what's to come in life, if we solely dictate uh, and have them um, just follow orders all the time and we don't empower them to make some of their own decisions, if we don't empower them to be leaders and challenge them to handle some accountabilities and responsibilities on our own, then we're denying them that opportunity for growth and maturity as men. Uh, and so at the end of the day, that's what we have to do. Um, so win, lose, or draw, if we don't put that in, instill that in them, then we're doing them a disservice and we're wasting our time. Um, so it's very important to me that we put them in that position where we challenge them to, hey, this guy's late, you handle it. Because if you want me to handle it, you're not going to like how I handle it. I'm going to give you the opportunity <laughs> to handle it because this is your team. Um, and I tell them every year, I said, there's only going to be one 2019-2020 Jaguar baseball team. There won't be another one. The program will always be here, but the team won't be here forever. So what is your mark in history going to be with this team this year in the grand scheme of, of what this program is all about? You guys get to decide that. And then again, I, I stay repetitive with them. If you let me decide it, you're not going to like how it's going to go down. So I'm going to empower you to be able to do it, and I will help you through that. We can meet, we can talk, we can talk about different things. And then ultimately, if you get to a standpoint where you can't handle it, then you bring it to me, then I can handle it. There you go. There you go. Now, it, you know, we know that talent is a premium. But in some cases, the talent is not worth the issues that it brings. What is a deal breaker for you when it comes to you recruiting ball players to help enhance your program? I think um, for me, some of those things would uh, include uh, we're going to have kids in this day and age that they're very self-centered. Um, but if they can't grow out of that, if they stay in that selfish phase, that's a problem. Um, uh, overbearing parents is a problem. Um, my job and our job as coaching staff is to help matriculate your sons to adulthood. You've done your part for 18 years. You're always going to be their parents. But if you have to be involved in every single little decision, if everything that goes on, they have to call you and that, that's going to be an issue because now they're not allowed to grow. Um, and then from a coaching staff standpoint, then I'm always being second guessed on what the opinion of the parent is. And, and I'm not allowed to, to second-guess them on parenting, so I don't want them to second-guess me on what I'm doing from a coaching standpoint. Um, and then I think just just kids that just don't get it. You know, I I understand where kids are. Uh, I think probably um, if this will is considered to be a fault, one of my biggest faults is I believe in people. Uh, and I believe that you're going to make mistakes, but that you're going to be able to learn, and if we love on you enough, we'll be able to break you of some of those habits. And sometimes it's worked out in my favor, and sometimes it's burned me. Um, it hasn't stopped me from continuing to give kids chances, but um, what it has done is if we go through a trial and error process over and over and over again, and I finally see you aren't getting it, then it's time for us to cut ties. And, and hopefully the decision for me to cut ties with player X isn't terminal for them, but it sets them up in a position to make change so that it won't be terminal for them later. Absolutely. And this really lines up with that empowerment uh, theory as well as accountability and responsibility because they go hand in hand. And uh, as you state, every one of us 
have made a bonehead choice or two and maybe three or four yeah. in life. <laughs> but uh, yeah. if everybody keeps nailing you to the wall on that, you could never grow through that experience or lack of uh, wise decision making to get to the next level. But at some point, as you just mentioned, there is a cutoff point and we all have to be in our in our case for baseball men enough to accept the fact that, hey, we tried. We got to turn the page and it's time to move on. Yes. Talking right now with Coach Carrick Jackson of the Southern Jaguars. All right, Coach, let's talk about your fall season right now. Uh, it's always an heated and excited time of year. It kind of coincides with uh, the um, baseball playoffs and the World Series. Uh, what's your squad looking like without tipping off too much? I know you guys like to be very secretive and Dr. Frankenstein in the lab putting everything together. <laughs> but uh, what are you guys looking like so far this fall? You know, it's it's been a it's been a productive fall. Uh, like I said, I think we have some young kids that are very very talented, um, and we're putting them in a position where they're they're actually being really really coached for the first time. Um, I think they've been in situations previous where their talent has allowed them uh, to supersede some instruction uh, from the standpoint of potentially being around some coaches where, hey, this guy's good, I'm not going to mess with it. Um, And so now we're starting to challenge them on their thought process of the game uh, as opposed to their physical ability and their level of ability to play the game. And then we speak on it all the time that, hey, this is a this is a mental game with physical components, not a physical game with mental components. So in order for us to get them to understand and to get their buy-in, um, we, we challenge them mentally on thinking the game, understanding certain situations, what you should be thinking in certain situations, why you're going to get pitched this way, what this pitch is going to do with regards to um, a hitter and you're on defense and how you should move and what your thought process should be and your pre-step and all those kind of things. And initially it's, they turn their nose because it's like, oh, what do you mean? I, coach, I just play. And then as we start to get through it, they're like, oh, okay. So if I know that this guy's the pitcher called the changeup and it's a right-handed hitter and a right-handed pitcher and we're going right on right changeup, that if he does put the barrel on it, he's probably going to be out in front. So if I'm playing it short, I might want to cheat a step or two to my right <clears throat> because if he gets out in front of that ball, he's probably going to end up hooking it and, I need to get the advantage. Or if it is a 2-2 count and this guy's best pitch is an off-speed pitch, I'm going to stay on time for fastball but be able to be on time so I recognize off-speed so I don't get fooled in the bad action count. So just little things like that um, that that we're teaching them. And um, it's, it's a fun process. It's frustrating at first, and I have to remind them that they have to stay coachable, um, that they don't know everything, um, and that, that us coaching them is not an attack or an indictment on our thought process of their ability. Um, Because that's a lot of times when you coach kids and you correct them on things, they automatically assume that you are saying they're not good enough. Uh, Or you don't like them or you don't like them. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's Um, the, that's the, that's the craziest one. I'm like, if, if a coach has you on his team and you think he doesn't like you, do you realize that you, or on that team because he thinks that you could help him keep his job. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and that's, that's the funny part too, is that we, when we talk to these guys, we always talk about the idea of, 
and, and I never, and I only bring it up in these instances, but I, I tell them, I said, realize that at the end of the day, my job is to win. So why would I ask you to do anything that I didn't think would put you in a position to help this program be successful and win? I said, even if you don't think I, that I don't care about you in the slightest bit, I said, you know I'm married and I have two kids, and you know I care about them. So I'm placing your future, their future, and their well-being in your hands. So if I'm asking you to do X, don't you think that I'm asking you to do X because I think it's going to take care of them at the end of the day? <laughs> and when, when, when you put it in that perspective, you kind of see them turn their heads to the side and say, you know, and some of them even said to me, wow, I've never thought about it like that. I said, uh-huh. exactly. Now, I said, that, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm a good coach. But what it does mean is that I'm trying to do the best that I can to put you in a position to be successful because that allows me to keep my job. And then if the things I'm asking you to do, you do those wide open 100% and we don't win, then I get fired because I'm not good at what I do. There you go. In a nutshell, you know, and, and that's something that I think we have to really, really focus on. And I try to tell people uh, the theory of the Q-tip, and I may have may not have shared this with you, but I share it pretty often. But it's simply uh, a Q-tip I'm pretty sure you've used in life. And uh, there have been some instances where you check that Q-tip out and you look like, wow, I can't believe that came out of me. So my question to you is this. Um, what do you do with that Q-tip once you used it? <laughs> you, you throw it away. You throw it away. Do you ever think about that Q-tip again? You don't. You, do you ever go back in the receptacle to get the used to Q-tip to use it again? No, you do not. You, you, you better not. You better not anyway, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you spell Q-tip Q-T-I-P, which stands for quit taking it personal. I don't, like that. Don't. Get so high on yourself that no one can teach you or tell you anything. Don't become so ultra sensitive that everything that you hear and we're in a we're in a time. You spoke about it earlier where we got uh, these self-centered student athletes who think they're better than what they actually are. Maybe mom and dad has put them to be the poster child of greatness and maybe they beat up on everybody in the neighborhood because they were a little bit bigger and faster. But my pop always taught me the higher you go, the tougher the competition gets. And you have to always remember that where you end up in a situation on division one baseball, in this case, everybody for the most part that's there was the man where they came from. So it's the men amongst men. If you allow me to say it that way, and you gotta be open enough to want to get better and being open enough to get better is you gotta be able to, to take the criticism as well as you can take the praise. Yes. And, and when those begin to balance out, you then get a better person. I'm not talking about the athlete now, because when you can deal with that, because some of these same things that you're dealing with on that diamond, you're going to have to deal with in an executive boardroom on a supervisor employee level job, whether you're the supervisor or the employee that is always about getting better. Yep. No question. We're talking again with coach Carrick Jackson of the Southern Jaguars. Now coach, if you could, can you highlight some of your key non-conference opponents this season coming up? Yeah, we we have a very, very, uh, competitive non-conference schedule. We're going to play two games against Texas Tech in Lubbock. Uh, we're going to play three a three-game set against Tulane. 
Uh, we're going to play a three-game set against Missouri State. Um, obviously, we're always going to have LSU on the schedule every year. Um, and uh, we're going to play Southern Miss, and we're going to play Mississippi State. Um, so those are some um, pretty, uh, you know, you're talking about 11 games against uh, teams that are uh, traditionally in that top uh, 30 in the country. Um, and I think it'll be good for our kids to, to have those experiences and, and understand uh, where they fit in the grand scheme of things of, you know, saying that they, you know, you can, if you think you can play against the best, well, you're going to get your opportunity to do so. Um, and so, and for me, that's, that's ideally what we want to do every year is go out and challenge ourselves to be against some of the best in the country. Now, Coach, uh, I'm uh, intrigued about that Missouri State game. My oldest daughter graduated from Missouri State. Are you guys going to play on the campus of Missouri State, or are you going to play at Springfield Minor League Park? So, no, we, it, yeah, we will play. Um, it's, it's their double-A team, but, yeah, we'll actually play there. That's where they play their home games. Um, so they, they have uh, their clubhouse and weight room. Uh, shared there with the Springfield Cardinals. They have one half, and the Springfield Cardinals have the other half. That's pretty exciting, man. And and you being a St. Louis native and all, you get a chance to kind of at least get close enough where you can get some White Castles, right? I I hope. I don't know if they have White Castles in Springfield, but if they do, I will definitely be there. (laughs) Well, Coach, man, I always enjoy talking baseball. Uh, with you, um, a breath of fresh air to the conference, and the fact that you're a St. Louis native is always a plus. And um, I want to give you an opportunity now uh, to have some closing thoughts and comments as we get ready to shut this segment down. You know, I, I, one, I appreciate you reaching out and, and keeping this thing going for us uh, as coaches in, in the SWAC and with HBCU Sports. Um, I think that's very important that we get our message out there. Uh, I'm looking forward to. Uh, this coming year, uh, I'm really trying to put a lot of emphasis in conference growth um, and putting us in a position where we can start to be mentioned among some of the other uh, top conferences, the Southland, the Sun Belt, some of those big major conferences, because I think we put a product out as a conference that is very, very comparable. Um, and I think once we can all get on the same page and, and moving in the right direction, I think you can see some powerful things. Uh, from a baseball standpoint, that can put us and HBCU baseball programs on the map nationally year in and year out. Well, I've always been an advocate that if it's done right, baseball could really be a a balancing tipping scale in favor of HBCU because the scholarships, as we speak it right now, are equal. They're working feverishly, man, trying to change that thing. Uh, and with the third uh, paid assistant, and I know we said we was going to close this segment out. How do you see that from your vantage point with the budget that is allowed from the most part through HBCU programs? Well, you know, it's one of those things where uh, when you talk about the budget and what we can do, um, obviously it's going to be different than what everybody else could do. Uh, I, I don't think that ADs uh, that are at institutions that don't have the resources to fund the position should vote it down. Uh, I think when you talk about the welfare of your student athletes um, and you just talk about the ratio uh, of, of players, uh, you know, we got a 35 man roster with three um, paid coaches and a volunteer assistant. So uh, and in many instances, that volunteer assistant is, you know, 
an assistant to the assistant. Um, so now you're talking about almost a, a 12, 11 and a half to 12 man one ratio. And we're the only sport that has that type of ratio. Um, and, and so you're not providing the best opportunity for our student athletes. And so I think to be able to get that thing pushed through and the teams that can afford it, they do it. The teams that can't, they don't. Um, but at least if we have that option and now we can go out and fundraise and get some out, outside resources to be able to pay that third assistant coach, then put that challenge on us to be able to do it. Sounds good enough to me, my man. He is Coach Carrick Jackson of the Southern Jaguars. I am the radio guy, Dr. Mike Prince, reminding you guys to follow us on our social media handles, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at The Mike Prince Show. The YouTube channel is Open Mic Broadcast Network. Our website, obnradio.com. I must exit stage left for now, but until the next time, you guys be blessed. We'll see you on the other side. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.